Hello everybody and welcome back to the Trauma of Abuse podcast by me, Hannah Barnard. Um, today I thought I'd talk about um, a topic which is really something that I think everybody can pretty much relate to, um, which is food. Food and control, um, food and abuse and the long-term effects of that, etc. Um, and I just wanted to share with you really um, something that's quite, um, quite difficult for me to talk about actually because I've heard and I've got still fresh in my mind um, some prime examples from um, hearing from children who were quite young at the time and have been traumatised by um, experiences around food and control by an abuser, by a dominator um, and my own experience, although slightly more short term, um, of two different extremes, really, of um, individuals, um, male individuals, controllers who I encountered who were controlling about food. And then, of course, there's always um, that complicated situation of um, people then using food themselves um, as a control mechanism. And what sparked me off to do this particular topic today? Well, it's just part and parcel of... Um, some of the experiences that I've discussed with people, somebody, food and sleep are kind of fundamentals, aren't they? Um, food and sleep are something that everybody needs, um, but they also need them in a certain amount and they need them catering for their own needs and at the time. So whether you be, you know, a pregnant mother who's got babies waking up in the night or all night long and needs more sleep or whether you're um, working in a job which has shifts or whether you're just... Um, you know, somebody who needs a good night's sleep or um, fuel for the day and, you know, meal times and that sort of thing. And there's all those complex elements of culture um, that come into that um, and upbringing, etc. Now, I'm not going to really focus on parenting as such because I really don't want this po- podcast to be about instructing people on, you know, morality or how to be um, but and how to parent. But as an adult, um, I'm going to mainly focus on um, these different types um, that I've experienced and two extreme experiences that I'm going to share with you that I've had. Um, and it's funny how um, with two um, possibly what you'd call a one's definitely an abusive individual and one is um, and deliberate uh, and another abusive situation, which is on the other end of the spectrum. And these two different ends of the spectrum are... Um, those deprivers of food, so those controlling individuals who um, want to deprive and, and um, use food consumption as a control mechanism to say, well, you shouldn't be eating that or, um, you know, keeping you starving as a method of control. And then those other end of the spectrum who are those feeders. Now, I don't know if you've watched any crazy documentaries on um, YouTube or on um, TV channels, whatever, about this weird concept of feeders. Um, I was interested in that. I've heard of this before and I've watched it and people kind of see it as a bit of a comedy thing and it's not really a comedy thing, it's an abuse thing. And it's like any of these unhealthy habits, really. And what really spurred me on to do this podcast is that I haven't felt very well this week um I've been okay you know I've been working I've been functioning but um I've had to take some time out this weekend I'm not going to go and meet up with my friends etc because I've not been feeling very well um but I have been eating healthily and I have had no IBS symptoms and stuff like that um I've also been relaxing using meditation etc um and I wanted to talk about these two horrible experiences um, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, and I know they can because I've heard these stories from other people, which is those those deprivers, if you like, which is unhealthy, obviously, because, you know, people are being starved, they're being deprived of nutrition. I'm not an, a dietitian, I'm not a nutritional expert, uh, expert in any, you know, stretch of the imagination, but I would say that I grew up with a very um, well-rounded, I had a, a GP for a father, you know, um, and I had... W- n- good meals and good education about meals both from family and friends and school and everything I had sensible portion sizes I had a good variety of foods etc um there was no oddness about that if you like um but as you grow up and things you're influenced by the outside world obviously but then you have these people who take advantage of certain methods so you have these deprivers 
um, who might try and control what people can and can't eat. Then you have these feeders who overfeed, which is a really odd concept. And as I say, I don't know if you've watched any of these things. It's almost portrayed as if it's like a lifestyle thing or a sexual thing or a bit of a, you know bit of a joke really oh ha 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 you know these people are stupid and they pay money to feed women and women get fat and you know they, they just like larger women or whatever or, or these people just like skinny women and actually it's not about that um both extremes are fundamentally abusive and whether i think they're intentionally abusive um because they are about power and control and they these people admit that they admit them if you watch these things and you read about these things um but I think that they are somewhat trivialising what is a very unhealthy thing. So I wanted to talk about this just in case anybody's ever experienced it and not processed it or didn't realise at the time that this is what they were experiencing Um, and make sense of it really, help them to make sense of it, but also um, to acknowledge that it does happen Um, and it can happen to very normal people who have had a very normal experience of food and things like that um we're under pressure we're all under pressure um about the way we look and everything growing up and as we get older we we tend to the general trend tends to be that people become on the whole more comfortable in themselves etc um from when they were teenagers or whatever and they're you know they're changing however that's not always the case for people and you know food can also be um, a way of people taking control of a horrible situation they're not in control of and things like that. But I'm not really here to talk about um, personal eating disorders or anything like that. More to talk about um, what I consider to be abusive behaviours and control using food, meal times, etc. So you have these deprivers and you have these overfeeders, which are two extremes. So in those two extremes, and then you could have a sort of confusing type um, combining both of those, which of course again is keeping the uncertainty going. That idea, and I'm sure if you've listened to Lucy's stories already, and as you hear of the stories, you'll you'll know. And if you've heard as many stories as I have from children and from adults, you know that what the dominator does, particularly within the household, is um, that they use a combination of these rules that never make sense, that you can never live up to, that keep changing all the time to confuse and to put you down and to wear you down and to make you into the state of complete sort of... It is confusion. That's the best word I can use for it. Um, And that is a control mechanism itself because if you don't really know what's happening from one day to the next, you don't know what to expect, um, you have no foundations and therefore they can just get away with doing whatever they want. Um, And you doubt yourself. And I think that's one of the things that people tend to doubt themselves when they're in that environment because they're looking to the the perpetrator or the abuser for acknowledgement of what's right and wrong. And because that keeps changing, you can't adapt to the the regime no matter how awful it may be. Now, we've all seen the horror stories of nations that use food for control and deprivation of food. Um, we've all seen the whole defectors from North Korea um, and all that sort of thing and people starving Um, we've seen you know horrific cases where people have been locked up and you know either force fed or not fed or um, in extreme circumstances so what how does this play out well it could be that they're telling you, they're making you feel that you're fat. So they might shrink your clothes. We had um, a situation where I shared an individual with somebody else who'd been married to them and we discussed how they used to shrink the clothes in the wash or buy deliberately buy clothes that are too small. Um, and we're not talking about the odd person who accidentally buys you the wrong size jumper or something on one occasion. We're talking about a deliberate attempt um, over time to do these things in order to make somebody who might call you fat all the time um so you know these are all signs of it building up to abusive behavior and controlling behavior and um it's interesting what's interesting is sometimes those behaviors end in violence so it might start with i remember telling somebody once you know this person says this guy's put on fat and start has started on them and this is a cycle of behavior that's happened before pattern behavior and somebody said to me, oh, so what? And I said, I don't think you would quite understand the significance of this. Um, so 
this is where people can be very dismissive and this is where I want to share this because I don't want to to you know want to dispel that myth of, of dis- dismissal um, and acknowledge that you know if you are experiencing any of these things that we talk about you know go and get some counseling from somebody who understands narcissistic abuse or anything like that or go and you know seek um a women's refuge or help or go and speak to your GP about it and go and find somebody or speak to a good friend who understands it or go to the freedom program or something like that and just go and find somebody to talk to about it because and share this because you will find there are other people now you might find like I have there are services out there that are not doing a very good job so don't waste your time with them if you find somebody doesn't just doesn't get it don't talk to them again um go somewhere else but there are places out there um, and charities that you can talk to. So um, then there's these, these these unhealthy feeders. And it's like, so feeding people food and coming around, it might seem like a really nice gesture at first. Um, and I've certainly experienced somebody who's very picky and controlling and critical of food. So mealtimes became, and I've heard this as well from from harrowing tales of children, which I, I find hard to tell actually and give examples of because it's so real and it is based on reality and real life situations um, where they criticised the way they ate the food. So it might be that sitting down at mealtime caused them anxiety and these are the long-term effects because every meal time they got stroppy or they smashed things up or they, the, the food went flying or, you know, to that extreme where, or their mum got beaten up at meal times because she hadn't cooked the food properly or this sort of thing, or, you know, they themselves got beaten up or, um, meal times might've been associated with sitting down and that's when the abuser says, right. So not only is the food good enough, um, but you're not eating properly. You're making a noise when you eat or you're, um, not sitting up straight or and these are grown adults these are not little children being told how to sit at the table how to use a knife and fork these are grown women adults being told you know why haven't you cooked this properly and the answer to that is well you know why didn't they cook it themselves but you don't say that um because they've established this you know situation and even if the food is perfect and they've got nothing to pick on with the food it'll be the way you're eating your food so I've heard um comments like you're smacking your lips now I've never heard that in my life all throughout my childhood all throughout my teens all throughout adulthood going out for meals going for restaurants with family everything I've been taught how to behave at the table perfectly well I have never heard that expression um but it was done in private it was done one-to-one sitting at a table with the abuser and it was done deliberately and it was done to control. Now, another example that was given to me by a child was where another little little girl was kicked under a table and had tears in her eyes and kept quiet about it. And uh, the mother didn't realise this had happened. The abuser was sat at the table next to her and it was because it was to shut her up at the table. And there was another little child there who felt protective, who couldn't protect this little girl because he knew what was happening. He knew he would get it when he got home as well off this abuser. So there's this control mechanism of like, I'm in charge of what's going on here. I'm in charge of the conversation at the table and at mealtimes and eating. I'm in control of how you eat your food. I'm in control of how you feel when you sit down here, I'm in control of what we're eating, how it's being cooked. You know, comments like the vegetables aren't this, that, and the other enough or whatever. Well, the, the answer is you didn't cook it, did you? You know, if you think you can do a better job. But you can't always chirp up and say those things for those obvious reasons that I've just given. So what happens as a result of this is that... um. Or somebody might be in a mood at a table. So you might go out to a nice restaurant, everyone thinks they're having a nice time. But because that person's in a mood or they're giving you looks, so when you get home, you know they're going to kick off or they're going to kick off in the taxi. They might not even wait till they get, get home. They might be just kicking off. Why did you say that? Why did you order that food? Why did you order the most expensive thing on the menu? You may not have done. You may not have even realised what the price was. This sort of thing is all part of the abuse. And you may not realise this. Um... Now, everybody says the odd stupid thing from time to time, and we're not talking about a one-off, we're talking about a pattern of behaviour here. So, um, this is where associations with places, situations can trigger you. So, it could be that you're out of an environment, away from the abuser, but you go to sit at the table and you suddenly develop stomach ache, or a child suddenly becomes anxious or doesn't want to sit at the table. 
And this can often be perceived or people just don't want to go out with their friends to a certain restaurant or a certain place. And that's because they're getting a trigger factor and they're getting this this trauma that they've experienced this these things. And then they now associate that place. I had a situation where I took a child to a hotel, a very nice boutique hotel. We were having a lovely um, half-term holiday. And this child didn't want to go into the restaurant breakfast bar area, which was the eating area, the dining area within this hotel. And the reason for this was because they thought it was like a pub. Now, it actually wasn't really designed like a pub. It was a sort of restaurant breakfast area by a window. Um, there was um, very nice friendly staff. You know, there was um, a, a sort of bar and service area and there was also a check-in area and there was like tables and, you know, there were seats and chairs. And so you could have a drink or you could have your, let's say, breakfast time was served at a certain time. And there were meals and there were meals that, you know, this child enjoyed, but it was this, and there was no smoking or anything or atmosphere in there that was particularly adult. It was all mixture of adults, families, people coming and going, wedding parties, you know, and basically um, this child just panicked and, and I can't sit here because it reminds me of, now this person, the child had never been to this venue before, never been to this particular place, this particular hotel with the abuser, but because they'd had this experience of being taken to pubs where, you know, certain behaviours have been displayed, certain conversations have taken place, um, the whole concept of food and the way you eat and everything had been criticised, scrutinised, to the point where they were almost, and I've experienced this myself, with this particular type of abuser, they condition you in what you can and can't eat as well. So they'll tell you that certain foods are not good for you. When, of course, they're just ordinary foods. One thing, um, they might tell you that you'll choke on that or that's dangerous or that has chemicals in it. or, And it's almost like this person, <laughs> it's almost like somebody with a genuine, although they don't have a genuine mental illness, but it's almost like somebody with a paranoid type, genuine, genuine um, fear of food. But they're putting it on you. But they know for well there's nothing wrong with this food. They're just trying to instill this uneasiness in you. And you might ask yourself, well, why would they do that? It's all about control. It's all about you doubting yourself. It's all about breaking you down piece by piece. Um, and so there's also other things they associate with restaurants, things like that, cafes. So as I say, we've heard about the kick under the table. That could be a child, it could be an adult, it could be, um, you know, it could be extreme. It could be that after you went to that restaurant, you know, they pulled you aside and, and raped you or raped you in the car or something like that on the way home. It might be that um, they had a birthday there and that evening they decided to attack you um, when you got home and therefore you don't want to relive that experience by going back to that venue. It might be that they chat up the waitress or waiter in a very embarrassing way. You know, it might be that they humiliate you um, they might laugh and joke about you or make comments about your dress sense. And, and you think, well, that sounds a little bit trivial. Is that really abuse? Well, it is. It is abuse. Because um, we're not just talking about somebody who's had a couple of drinks and talks a load of nonsense. That does happen. People make the old faux pas. They were a bit cheeky or, you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a pattern of behaviour and it's deliberate. Um, and it's deliberately cruel. Now, these people either enjoy, and some of them do, um get a kick out of humiliating you they get a kick out of um putting you down they have a hatred for you they may even have a hatred of women in general um or it may just be momentarily that they want to take it out on you um or it may be a designed thing that they're not feeling angry they seem like they're angry but actually it's a real control mechanism it's like i've got you here for a purpose you know and you will you know, you'll you'll perform this task that I, I ask you to do. You will be the person I want you to be, regardless of you being a human being or wanting things for yourself or having feelings. It will be, right, you know, I want to see you behaving like this and doing what I say and being the person I want you to be. So obviously that's unhealthy because that could, you know, impact on your shopping you know every time you go to the shops well you're thinking about them all the time you're thinking well what should I buy what shouldn't I buy what can I spend have you know should I spend too much should I spend... this might be your own money that might you you know this might be joint money this might be your own money um 
you know, it's ridiculous if you get to the situation where you can't just go and buy household food or cook it. Um, you're thinking about what you put in your food, so rather than just cooking a meal. And everybody thinks about, oh, well, so-and-so doesn't like pepper or so-and-so doesn't want too much salt because they've got high blood pressure or whatever. Um, we all think about those things or, you know, this child doesn't like peas or something. Well, we put peas in this or onions or whatever. Um, or so-and-so's got an allergy. That's different. Um, but when you have somebody who's making unreasonable demands that you can't keep up with, that the rules have become so ridiculous, like a certain food is dangerous or, you know, you can't spend more than this on food. And it's like, it becomes impossible almost. You might have hungry teenagers in the house that need to eat. Um, you might stop eating yourself. You might feel that you can't do anything right, so you don't do anything at all. Um, you become then a people pleaser. You become the pleaser for the abuser. And that's exactly, of course, what they want. Now, you get the opposite end of this spectrum and another example. So other than sort of controlling what you eat or depriving you or saying you don't need to eat lunch today, well, it's generally it's generally considered normal that, you know, people have breakfast, a snack maybe, um, lunch maybe, another snack, and then dinner later on. Now, there are variations on that, of course. Some people may be fasting. They may have a big evening meal and not eat much during the day. Some people skip breakfast on a regular basis because they're not really breakfast people. They might have a cup of coffee. Um... Some people like a biscuit break, you know, morning break or 11s or whatever. Others might not need the, feel the need to snack. They think it's unnecessary. They think it's extra calories. Um, it's junk, you know. Um, some people might just like a light lunch or whatever. Or some people might say, oh, you know, I forgot to have lunch today. Got to three o'clock in the afternoon. I was so busy. I forgot to have something to eat. I'm going to grab a sandwich or something. And that's generally the norm, isn't it? And, you know, there might be people who eat a bit extra or have a midnight snack or you know before bed but we have this general thing where if somebody stops and let's get this straight here you know generally speaking in a household everybody should have breakfast available to them in the morning whether it's a child whether it's an adult male or female or whatever um or whether, you know, and, and, and if somebody stops in the middle of the day and they happen to be out shopping or they happen to be out at an event it's perfectly reasonable for somebody to get to midday, um, whether it be 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and say, you know, it's lunchtime, I'm getting hungry now, I could do with some food. What you don't expect people to say is, well, oh, we're not having anything from there because it's too expensive, or, oh, well, um, you don't need to eat, you're too fat already, or... Um, just to ignore you or to leave you waiting in a car whilst they're doing something else. And one of the tactics that was once used was just taking you somewhere with children. So children need to have a routine of eating. So even if you're an adult, say, who can eat later in the day or can have a takeaway later or can postpone eating because they're busy or something, it's not the, the healthiest thing to do, but it's, you know, um, you're an adult. You can choose, can't you? Um how you how you plan that out or whether you have mini meals a day because you're on a specific training diet or something but with children we generally tend to have and school routine has the same thing you know we have breakfast and you know we have break time snack time we have you know a lunch time everyone sits down and has their lunch um some people are more hungry than others some people want seconds you know it's normal and then we generally accepted that people go home and have something for their tea whether it's a sandwich or a cooked meal or a you know um, I would say that's pretty normal, but for these people, they will try and let people go. It's just this idea, and you'll you'll notice this, and you might even notice it early on in a relationship. Um, this idea of lack of consideration. Oh well, one minute they'll be taking you out for a nice meal, and oh, whisking you off to wherever, and let's go and have this here, or I've cooked you a meal. You should be grateful. Um, and next minute it's oh well, you don't really need to eat that, do you? Because you're fat or what do you need to eat all day for? I remember going out to um, a music festival and it was like one of these all day music festival things where you go around and there's lots of music festival things going on. And this particular abuser, and this was in the early days, was sort of like trying to push me into having a child at a very early age. And I wasn't ready for that at all. And they're actually, and I was like, well, you know, if I'm having a drink during the daytime, you need something to eat, don't you? Because otherwise you're going to start to feel ill or... Um, and one of the early warning signs was actually this person was just like, no, you don't need to eat. Um, and what do you need to eat for? Well, that's not a normal response, is it? And I remember going home this day, I remember actually saying, well, 
it's no wonder your bloody ex-wife left you if this is the way you behave and how you know and having this discussion with this abusive individual the next day and saying well look you know if you want to have a child with somebody you would have to provide food for them you would have to make sure that they are able to provide food for themselves that they're able to eat during the day that's ridiculous what a ridiculous thing to do and say and I remember getting on the phone to people and saying that particular day I think I went off to meet up with another friend because I was just like so horrified by this another friend said to me oh well I'll come with you and get some food you know if you're hungry this person didn't have a big appetite themselves and they didn't particularly but they were like oh well, I'll come you know and I just thought what is this madness you know and there were a few little things like that um, as warning signs, and we were always talking about warning signs on these things, um, and it only got worse. And of course, these people only ever do get worse; they never get better. Of course, um, they don't improve, you know. <laughs> um, and this particular individual who was abusive went on to be even more abusive and controlling over food, and have even more strange ideas. And and although I combated that to some extent because I was quite determined that you know. I would do the things and eat things I wanted. This is all part, a part of a pattern of really coercive control. Um, but then there's the other ex- end of the, expe- the spectrum where you have somebody who might cook for you. So you might have somebody who invites you out for meals or cooks food for you or cooks food for your friends as well or for your family. So they're always coming around as this sort of like provider and, you know, this, that and the other. And you think they're great. And then you realise actually with time, um, and it's funny how a lot of these people don't realise this is going on at the time until afterwards. So um, this feeder thing is fascinating. Some people will go for, obviously everyone likes different shapes and sizes and personalities and everything, but some people go deliberately out of their way to kind of... Um, overfeed people in a, in a way that they're mocking them almost so um they'll get them hooked on and these are often people who like get them hooked on sex or get them hooked on certain sexual activities over time and it'll be gradual or um they'll get them hooked on food or you know they'll be incredibly generous one minute and then taking away the next so of course you've got this confusing state again of um, not really knowing whether you're coming and going, why are they being so generous, woman and kind, and giving them all the time and attention, and next minute they're just ignoring you. Or we hear about this thing, um, if you follow any narcissistic abuse pages or anything like that, um, which a lot of people now listening to these podcasts and these YouTubers, there's millions of them out there and all over social media as well, um, that this is the malignant side of it. This is what you know, this is a pattern of behaviour that sometimes happens. Now, you don't always get it. Sometimes you'll get the direct confrontation, the, the shouting, the bullying. And other times, people will be stonewalled, silence treatment, that sort of thing. And they won't even know why sometimes. You know, it's just a control mechanism. It's a way of making you feel bad um, when you're getting too confident or you're achieving too much in yourself. It's a way of keeping you down there in your place, basically. And... You know, I don't really want to talk about the abuser and their insecurities and their problems and their living hell that they're in because I'm not really interested in them. I'm interested in you as a survivor. Um, Of course, if you've carried out any of these abusive tactics, well, then stop them. Do some work. (laughs) Um, But very often these people don't want to recognise it in themselves. They don't want to recognise what they're doing. They don't have any remorse. Um, They like what they're doing. They think it's right. They believe it's right. They believe that these people are their playthings. And that you can go around treating people like this. It's very rare that anybody wants to change that. Um, And that's another thing. So don't be taken in by that. Don't be taken in by the, oh, well, I'll change garbage that sometimes goes around. Um, It doesn't, they don't change. Um, It's very rare. So you have this dependency thing of you know, they build up this rapport. You were perfectly capable of feeding yourself before. You're not just, you're not necessarily disabled. You know, some people might be, but, you know, on the whole, people were perfectly capable adults of feeding themselves. Children are a little bit different. Children rely sometimes on adults for food and things like that. They can't always make their own. They can't always ascertain their own. They don't have their own money and things like that. But when it comes to an adult, very often, you know, you had your own means, you had your own money, you were able to go shopping and buy and provide food. You might not be the best cook in the world, but you were definitely able to feed yourself. 
you may even have had a really healthy attitude towards food etc but they will try and undermine that now whether it's one extreme of deprivation or control or limiting or confusing or whether it's the other end of the spectrum where it's overfeeding so oh I've cooked you all this food now you're not going to eat it oh well um you know I've just produced this plate full of stuff or I've just done this huge um meal and I've just plated it up for you this huge portion and out of politeness you feel obliged to eat it and you wouldn't normally eat that much or they're doing a barbecue and it's like well they put it all on your plate um or they've you know cooked you a big meal and the thing is people see that as like wow you know so and so never cooks for me I wish I had that and you think at first it's very generous very kind but then you realize that they can then do this with um intermittently so they don't they do it when they want to do it so it's like oh I feel like doing a big meal today I'm feeding you up and all the rest of it. and I feel like paying you loads of attention I feel like taking you out here and usually it's because of one of their other sources of supply and you'll know this you'll know about this if you've ever watched and, and read or anything about or books about um these kind of creatures and how they operate um is that they'll have people that they fall out with from time to time they're just like in their own minds so they get fed up with this person because they're not complying and they're not giving them enough attention or they're not fun enough or they get bored very easily and they'll be back to this other person and it'll be oh I'm going to treat you really well and it's also playing them off against each other so it'll be well where's this other person where are they now before they were all around here making cooking meals like showering with me affection gifts and everything else where are they now well, they're paying so-and-so, you know, this wonderful person in their life, all this attention, and then it's designed that they to and fro, and it might not just be two people, and it might not be a relationship, it might not be that they're actually cheating on you, it could be a friend, it could be another person who they're just using, um, it could be several people they're using, it could be like five, six, seven people, it could be groups of people they're mixing with where they feel that their life and soul the party one minute, and then they just step out of it because they're superior, you know, and this is what you have to understand with the mentality behind it, um, is that this is very kind of self-absorbed, very, I'm so funny, I'm so uh, amazing, I can just swan in and out of people's lives, everyone's a fool, you're a fool, look how easy you are to impress, and actually, um, you know, they are just totally dysfunctional people. <laughs> um, they can't hold down normal, healthy relationships. Now, everyone likes a variety. Nobody likes to be stuck in the house with the same person, eating the same meal with the same person all the time. Everybody likes to socialise. People have different activities to do, etc. And of course, you know, you don't want to be tied down to. But it's the inconsistency and it's the way that it's the, the extremes. So they're either, you know, depriving you of food or they are overfeeding you to the point where you're overweight. And then you get into this habit where you associate getting slim with getting affection or being, you know, eating with love and affection. And it was funny, actually, somebody who's passed away now, who was actually counselling, wasn't counselling me, but um, had a great wealth of knowledge on these things, really, said to me. And I said, well, why does this person, you know, always overdo it with the food and oh well it's a sign of love you know this is like a, a historical thing you know ports around England this that and the other um you know um people were starving and this that and the other and people would bring in food and this was a way of showing love this is a way of you know and I thought I bought into that nonsense for a short time um and then I realized that actually it doesn't matter what the intention is behind it really and it doesn't, it's not really helpful to anybody trying to mind read the abuser or the individuals who's doing this behaviour. You have to think about what effect is it having on you? Is it healthy? Well, no, it's not because you're getting inconsistency for a start. So if you're getting the inconsistency in the confusion phase of that they're one minute giving you everything and they're not there at all, then that's not healthy for you. That's not giving you stability, something to look forward to you know, a happy lifestyle. If they're overdoing it with you and they're making you crave foods, they're, they're giving you a food addiction in a way. It's a bit like the person, it's no different really from somebody supplying you with excessive alcohol who keeps topping up your glass going, go on, have another drink, go on. And then when you've got a hangover the next day or you can't function all week because people are plying you with alcohol all the time, you know, and yes, you're an adult, you can say no. 
and you can walk away but it's difficult in that situation isn't it when people are influencing they're being a bad influence on you you have to be very strong in yourself to say well actually no it's like the drug pusher who says well you know oh go on just have a smoke of this or just try a bit of this it'll help you or you're feeling particularly vulnerable today you know why not have this for free next minute you're hooked you know and we're not just talking about one-off you know, we're talking about people who are building up a dependency in you. They're, they're building up an unhealthy habit. And also this food thing, whether it be deprivation of food or this anxiety about being thin or not eating the right foods to an extreme, or whether it be like an extreme political view about food or something that they're imposing on you, um, it's being used. And the effect is that they're trying to control you and trying to mess you up and trying to minimise you, make you less than them so that they can have power and control over you. But they're also the effect on you. And if you keep the focus on you, which is what we always say, um, is that they're actually giving you um, a complex that undermining your self-esteem. And of course, that is the first barrier to them controlling you is that if you have self-esteem and you have confidence it's harder for them. So they try and break that down methodically and that's exactly what they're trying to do there. Um, I think that the best thing to do is say, well, is this healthy for me? You know, being underweight, not healthy, depriving yourself of food or limiting your diet in any way to please somebody else, not help, not helpful to you, not healthy for you. Building up gradually this habit of eating too much food, not healthy for you, is it? You're going to gain weight, you're going to feel miserable, you're going to look miserable, your folk clothes are not going to fit. Who's going to buy you new clothes? Are they going to buy you new clothes? I doubt it. Um, so it's going to have a costly effect on you as well. You know, um, it's going to make you feel weaker in both extremes, actually. So if you're deprived of certain foods, it makes you feel weaker because you have less control over what you eat. You're, they're choosing what you have. And from a mental point of view but also physically because you're not getting the fuel that you need the energy that you need on the other hand it's um if you have too much food and everything again it's it's making you lethargic or you know alcohol comes into the swag it's like an excess isn't it of everything it's like if you have been given fatty foods or takeaway foods it's building you into this habit of you know you don't need to cook anything yourself i will provide it for you therefore you're dependent on them again so although you're having things in abundance, you're still becoming dependent. And also you're associating this with like, so when they're not there. So when they're not there, they still want to control you. And this is one of the things that I've noticed about these types of abusers and dominators is that um, they always want to um, be omnipresent. So they're always there when they're, even when they're not there. They want to have total control of your life. They want to remind you that they're watching you. So if they're not surveying you by stalking you or following you or tracking you or monitoring you physically or electronically, they're doing it in a very clever psychological way. They're saying, I'm here, even when I'm not here. Now, there's nice examples of that. Like you might, you see people who, mums who leave a little note in their kids' lunchbox saying, have a great day today with a big smiley face. You know, <laughs> that's a nice way of reminding someone you're there. You might leave a note on the fridge saying, I popped out to work today, have a lovely day. You know, these are positive things, aren't they? But we're not talking about the positive things here. We're talking about the subtle uh, things that creep in that these people are using dysfunctionally. Now, it might be that they've been taught these dysfunctional things in their own backgrounds, families, everything else. Um, or it might be deliberate. But I think they all know what they're doing. They know how unhealthy it is. They can see the effect it's having on you. But they don't change it because they don't learn. But what you can do is you can learn what's happening if it's happening to you now you can learn from listening to this and these experiences um and the stories of others and you can also look back and make sense of what might have happened to you before what you might have seen happening to other people so you can be supportive and be there for them and if you're a professional i always say on this podcast if you're a professional and you're dealing with people like this don't jump to conclusions but ask them are you happy about this um, you know, don't interrogate people. You know, mealtimes can become an interrogation time. And this is another thing that we find is that it might be that the food's fine and it's all normal and that it's a, there's nobody's poisoning your food or anything. But when you sit down at that table, you know that the abuser uses that time to get you cornered and to get, it's an interrogation time. So there are certain different things that we've talked about 
So one is um, criticizing the way you do things when you set the table, what you're wearing, put your legs together, short skirt, don't eat like that, don't eat with your mouth or don't do this. We tell little children this, we don't need to tell grown adults this. Um, ways of making you feel bad, especially when you know you have perfectly good table manners, you've been brought up fine. Um, you know, you shouldn't be treated like a child like that. Um, being told what you can and can't have, being told you eat too much or the wrong things because you're too fat, that's your choice to decide. That's a job for your, maybe your physician or somebody to tell you, okay, the reason why you're having these symptoms is, you know, might help you to lose a bit of weight. But there's a way of telling you that and there's a way of helping you with that and giving you information for you to make the right choices for yourself. This is not what we're talking about. This is not somebody who cares about you. This is somebody who's going to extremes. This is not somebody who's saying, you know, and and a person who cares about your health is not going to keep feeding you in excess. They're going to say, actually, um, is that enough for you? Do you want another one of those or not? They'll give you the choice and let you decide for yourself what portion you're having, whether you want more or not, or how hungry you are. They won't decide for you, will they? Whereas the abuser will try and decide what you want and how you feel and how you should behave for you. Um, Whereas a healthy person will say, actually, you know, I'm not going to encourage this person who's had a bottle of wine, who's feeling very tipsy, (laughs) beyond tipsy, drunk. Um, I'm not going to encourage them to drink more by keep topping a glass up. I'm going to let them drink what they need to. And when they have a hangover in the morning, I'm going to be kind to them, (laughs) you know, and I'm going to look after them and say, well, that was a bit, you know, think to myself, well, that was a bit silly of them, but, you know, we all have too much to eat every now and again, you know, this, that, and the other. And that kind of thing. You might say, well, I'm going out for a run today, do you want to join me or not? Or I'm thinking we we should be getting fit and be healthier, shall we try this or that? But it's a choice, you know, um, and that's the difference, is that when they take that choice and that thought process away from you. So watch out for that. I think that's a really, really good example. So I don't want to, um, again, touch too much on other subjects. Um, so, of course, sleep and things comes into this because it's another fundamental thing. So we all have food in our lives. Um, but we also have sleep and things like that. So um, food can be used as a punishment as well in the same way that it's, um, you know, sleep deprivation and things like that. And it's a vulnerable state as well. I mean, if you're hungry, you're in a vulnerable state if you're tired. Um, so have a little think about these things, you know. Um, it may be that you're not in what you would call an abusive situation. I don't like to call it an abusive relationship as such. People do use that term because I don't see these as relationships. I think people think that they're in a relationship at the time when it's happening, but I don't think that they actually realise that this is not a relationship. It's like it's coercion, it's grooming, it's controlling, it's con artistry, isn't it? These people are actually abusers and con men or, you know, con artists. They're not actually... Um, real relationships, although we think we're in a real relationship. You may even have a piece of paper that says you're married or you're, you know, but you're not really in a relationship with this person. They may tell you that you're a friend or that you're a lover or that you're a, a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. They're not. You're not. You think you thought you were, you think you are, but you're not. Um, and even if they lie to you and tell you that they love you, that, you know, that they're monogamous, that, you know, it's all just BS, isn't it? Let's face it. So, And even when they stalk you, there'll be one extreme to the other. So again, look out for these extremes. Now, because they creep up on you so gradually, and we've talked about some of the examples of that, um, it's very hard to spot. Um, It might start with, oh, I really like this food. Let's go here, or I really like this restaurant. And so you get this repetition. Um, But anything that's not your normal so don't doubt yourself I think the best advice I can give people really from my own experience and from listening to other people's experiences is try not to doubt yourself too much you know don't doubt your background and your upbringing and your culture and you know if you're used to having things a certain way and eating certain things and you know what you like maintain it you know it's okay to be open to trying new foods it's okay to be um adventurous but only if you want to be 
you know it's okay to cook meals for your family and be the main cook in your household if you enjoy it but don't feel obligated don't feel that you have to do it um because that's when you become a slave and don't have somebody tell you what you do and don't like you know you should be able to choose as an adult what you like to eat what you don't like to eat you should be able to choose whether you feel that the time is right for you to change your diet for whatever reason for health reasons for fitness reasons for age for fitting in your clothes reasons those are your choices the only time that anyone should intercept in that is if they see you deteriorating um because you're either going to extremes yourself um or harming yourself now what we're talking about here is other people harming you not you harming yourself so you you know there's a big difference there isn't there and I just thought I'd kind of talk about that today in the podcast and clarify that because I think it's something that people um when they're trapped in an abusive situation with an, a mind controller a controller um it's not always down to that punch sometimes it is associated with physical violence food control can be sometimes sexual violence but for the majority of the time it is literally just it seeps into your every way everyday way of life doesn't it you know going out with friends eating at home sitting at the table sitting in the lounge in front of the tv eating even um going to the shops and the supermarket or you know to get your food it isn't it interesting how these everyday little aspects the abuser can creep in with their methods and their strategies so all i'm saying is forewarned is forearmed <laughs> experience is everything and so if you haven't experienced this before um or you think you have experienced it um rather than overthinking it or panicking about it um use it to your advantage um you've now got the benefit of the knowledge um and you can start to process that knowledge um, but as usual, I always like to try and end the podcast with um, with some coping strategies for that. So as I say, um, if you have found yourself um, using food in the wrong way yourself because of the abuse you've suffered or because of the warped ideas that have been put on you, um, you can always turn that around is the positive message that I want to give people. Um, it's not easy always and you can get some very good professional help so if you do need to go to a dietitian or somebody like that or you need to go to a psychologist or you need to go find a therapist who understands these issues go and get referred by a GP Um, I know I've talked quite negatively about um, the system and about individuals in it etc but also talk to a charity about it um, or talk to read up on information don't get the wrong advice and the wrong people don't go off to fatty diet things whatever don't put yourself in an extreme situation um think about the positive things that you're doing for yourself um you know am i going to an extreme here of being my own worst enemy am i replicating what the abuse has done to me or am i looking after myself and balancing what i do for myself um, for my needs am I taking care of my own needs and I think you'll be astonished if you reduce your stress levels and you manage and think about carefully not overthinking not to an excessive degree but if you take the time to just respect yourself and treat yourself how you would treat or advise your child or your best friend to treat themselves um, in a kind way be kind to yourself um, to throw out all the ideas that have been put in your head by the abusive people and the extremes and let's go for moderation go back to your original values if you have good values if you have a good basis for that if you don't, seek out information you know, what is, go to the, the NHS web, website in the UK what is a healthy diet, what's balanced you know, these are good, reliable sources of information that are standardised, that come from your doctor or whatever, these are not extremists you know or people trying to sell you products you know these are sensible amounts 
you know, have a sensible small breakfast, have a little snack, fresh fruit, whatever, if you need to. Have the occasional biscuit if you want. Have, you know, your normal... It sounds really obvious, doesn't it? It sounds like I'm being incredibly patronising and obvious here. But get down to your basics. Most people these days have had an education in school, maybe not in the past, but about what fresh food is, about what healthy portion sizes are. You know, we don't really need to count all the little details, calories, fat, products. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. You know what's extreme and excessive and what's unhealthy. And you know what is depriving yourself of your essential needs. So meet yourself in the middle, you know. Um, Think everything that you put into yourself is good. You know, the good stuff. Think about you know, all the vitamins and minerals from the healthy fresh food that you're getting in a sensible portion size. And you can't go wrong, can you? Um, so, yeah, undo all those horrible, silly ideas that that abuser has put into your head. Um, and one of the best things you can do then is to occupy your mind with other things. Um, so not thinking about that all the time. Um, so go off, you know, research something else. Don't hyper-focus on one thing. So I hope this podcast and this general little um, discussion about the control of food has given you food for thought, um, or not too much food for thought. And I hope that it helps really to know that there are other people out there who have experienced this, either as children, as adults, as witnesses to others, um, and just to give a little bit of understanding about it really. And when professionals are working with people who've been in these environments and they're saying, look, this man was controlling, this man was violent, be aware, you know, be aware that these things have all been going on, that these control mechanisms are happening. Somebody can't always just tell you, I feel like this or this person is doing this to me. It's not always that obvious. They have to piece the pieces together first in their own way to work out what's been going on. And I hope in some way that this helps you to do that. So I hope you all have a lovely day. Um, I'm just going to be resting today. As I say, I haven't been feeling too well. Um, But I'm feeling much better as a result of having a nice rest. So... Go away, enjoy the rest of your weekend and um, look forward to your next week and I hope you take away some positives from this. Um, we'll be talking to um, my friend Margaret and Claire Russell and doing some interviews at the end of next week. So I look forward to that. Bye.